Welcome to the Trinity Force Podcast. Our sponsor is Moxie and Zen. If you head over to moxieandzen.com slash tforce and use the code tforce, you can get 20% off of your order on premium, high quality, and inexpensive boxers. They're made from bamboo to help wick away the sweat, which leaves you feeling fresh. Also, make sure to check out our Patreon, where we have a multitude of different perks. Anyone that signs up for the $5 tier will receive first dibs on any and all tournaments that we host. We'll send out an early access email so you can be at the front of the line to sign up and get onto the rift. The $10 tier will grant you access to special interviews or podcasts that we do. Additionally, $10 will grant you one replay review per month from the podcaster of your choice. Just download the replay file and send it to us via email or private Discord message. With the replay review, you'll get the insight and expertise that the podcasters bring, which will help you optimize each phase of the game. The $15 tier will unlock one live coaching session per month from the podcaster of your choice. Let us know who you'd like to talk to, and we'll set up a way for you to stream your game to them as a member of the podcast walks you through your game. And finally, the $50 tier We'll grant you a one-time guest spot on the podcast where you will be able to give your input on the show agenda and be live on the podcast with the rest of the Trinity Force crew. The money that we collect from Patreon not only helps keep the lights on, but helps to pay for better equipment and promotional materials. If you have any questions for the crew, shoot us an email at qu- uh, questions at trinityforcepodcast.com. You can also head over to our website, www.trinityforcenetwork.com. There you can find a link for our Discord, old episodes, and other Trinity Force Network podcasts. You can also visit our subreddit, r slash tforce network, our Twitter, at tforce network, our YouTube page, youtube.com slash c slash trinity force podcast, or on Twitch at twitch.tv slash tforce podcast, where we're regularly streaming tournaments, community game nights, other league games the podcasters are playing, and even other games occasionally. Finally, on Tuesday nights, make sure to join us in our Discord at 7.15pm Eastern Standard Time, where we will be playing and often streaming on Twitch, Community Game Night, for some fun pre-made games and in-house custom matches. Welcome to the Trinity Force Podcast. Yo, it's that Triforce cast beaming straight to your home. Grab a beer so we know Pony drinking alone. Send an email, a quick tweet, just pick up the phone. Leave a message, hit the beep if you're a creep, watch your tone. Discuss the meta game, patch notes, whatever helps your stats most. Obi Pong Kenobi is your last hope to snatch gold. So grab your headphones and join in the fun. We'll try and force in some jokes and some cringeworthy puns. We Yo, we can make it together, people. Trinity Force Podcast. Boys, a second and none. That's the end of the intro. It's time we've begun. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 774 of the Trinity Force podcast. I'm your host, N.A. Eric. Glad to see you all again. And tonight, I have a couple of a uh, couple of the podcasters with me. We have uh, John with a J and Sean with an S, um, or Sean with a Sh. 
whatever you take your fancy. Um, but today we're just going to be going over Neela. She's been out for, uh, what, like a week or so now, I think. She came out last week. Um, and we've been putting in some games on her so we can give you a full rundown of what we think and how uh, how we think she fits into the game and, and current meta and stuff, counters, all that sorts of stuff. But yeah, before we get into that, um, guys, it's been a week. How the hell are you? Sean, how you doing, man? Hey, I've been doing definitely better since last week. I, uh, I don't know, I've kind of been losing some weight here. I know on, like, 4th of July, I was talking with my girlfriend's dad about... We were talking about just, like, like intermittent fasting and, like, keto and, like, different, like, diet stuff, like, weight loss stuff. And I'm sure, like, most people, if they've, like, listened to podcasts, they've probably heard of those two brought up a lot. It's, like, a pretty common topic nowadays because both of them do work. And uh, I've been I've been trying out the intermittent fasting or whatever, and it, it's been working really well. I, nice. um Usually, like, it's recommended to do, like, an eight-hour window to, like, eat in, so I've been doing it later just to make sure I don't mess it up, so I, I, I won't start eating till like, four usually just to make sure that it, like, can't break it, and, like, for me, like, the, like the way I eat, like, it's almost like breaking the seal, I guess you could say, <laughs> like, once I start eating, I'll, like, constantly, like, snack and stuff, but, like, if I don't eat, I don't really get that hungry, so, I mean, it makes sense for me, and it, like I said, it's been working. I'm down, like, 15 pounds now. Nice. And, uh, I'm, I'm glad that, I'm glad that you're taking, uh, you're, you're taking your health, physical health seriously and going for that. Not that you weren't before, I guess. I I, no, I was, that, I but, was not before. <laughs> but but that's, it's always good to hear, and, and, uh, it, it's great when people who have platforms such as us, but even bigger name people as well, talk about both, like, you know, mental health issues, physical health issues, and other things like that, that they're dealing with. So I, I appreciate you being open and sharing that with us. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, it's I, I don't even think it's really that hard like i feel like most people don't eat breakfast nowadays anyways i guess like some people do but i don't know like the, the other option is like keto and i have like friends that have like done keto and like the big problem with it is it's, that it's not really sustainable like you eventually do kind of have to come off it where like intermittent fasting you can kind of do it forever like it doesn't really matter it's more of like a personal thing also with it's, keto like Carbs are delicious. I don't yeah. want to give up bread. I don't want to give up like I eat bread. I eat rice. I eat pasta. No, thank you. I, I can. I'll figure out another way if I want to lose weight. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I had such a weird. Ex- I, I tried keto for like a, a month maybe, and like, like the stuff you start craving is just so weird. Like I was like craving like honey nut Cheerios, which is something like, like like they're all right, but like normally you would never like crave them really and I've it was just starting before. to get kind of crazy yeah it might be like kind of a nostalgia thing for me too though because i used to have honey nut cheerios for breakfast when i was younger <laughs> yeah i i mean i ate all the sugary ass cereals when i was younger i i'll eat all you know cheerios now because they're kind of toned down like nowadays i don't really like like super sweet stuff but yeah i mean I don't know. I was not a big fan of keto. So, yeah, intermittent fasting's been working pretty well. I, uh... Nice. League-wise, been playing... I've been learning Kane. 
a decent amount. Okay. I probably like like I've honestly basically like only been playing Valorant lately. But when my friends do get me to hop on League, I've basically only been playing Kane. I probably got like like ten or fifteen games in on them, and like Kane kind of came out when I was like in the middle of like a big break from League, so I never I wasn't really there when when he was released, and. uh I guess I never really, like, gave him, like, a, a fair try. I know, like, a lot of, like, the high-level, like, Kane players are, like, kind of notoriously toxic. And, like, there was, like, an aura around the champion that kind of made me not want to try it when I did get back to playing. And I don't know what changed. I, I said, like, fuck it, I'll just try it and see how it goes. And, like, he's so fun. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just love playing that champion, man. Like, I always have, like, th- these problems, like picking a champion to like one trick and honestly i would have no problem like one tricking kane because he he is really fun there's also with well okay so uh i mean one tricking kane is actually like it's it is a lot more diverse than most champs because you have arguably four ways or several ways to play in between the two forms and then even within those forms there's different build variants you can go with so it's if you're someone who gets bored a lot with champions like sean does then it's definitely a a good option for you but i'm looking up your stats on kane and in your just on your not on your uh your lower rank account just the sean eboy one um through you have 14 games of kane what do you think your win rate is in normals this is you know, i have no like 50 i don't know no it's 29 29 that's rough <laughs> i mean i I don't really care it takes <laughs> like, it takes time to learn him and you really need to learn the that you're you're weak early and it's it, like it's it's rough to understand like you're really weak early um for the most part especially against a lot of the junglers that you see nowadays like you know you're seeing a lot of volley bears still there's like uh uh, shit, I don't know. Like, what are what are you facing in the jungle? Because I I face a whole lot of stuff, and I've only been playing fiddlesticks, so it's always fiddlesticks versus X. I've been seeing a lot of Diana actually. Yeah, I mean, nothing really like stands out. Just like standard meta picks sure. right now. I would say yeah. Diana. Have people been picking? Have people been picking Poppy into your cane at all? No. Have you played that matchup? Oh God, it is rough, as a. Yeah. As someone who's played a lot of Kane and a lot of Poppy, it is so bad for Kane, especially early. Blue Kane, it's not as bad. Yeah, Red Kane, it's so much worse. Yeah. But oh my god, between the W and the E and just like the Q, which is like max health damage, it's just you don't, you cannot deal with Pop. Like Poppy can basically negate Kane from doing anything, especially Ross. Like he just can't do anything in a fight. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I haven't played the matchup. Like, sure. I guess just not many people play Poppy in general. But I think, like, True. kind of playing a bunch of Valorant and almost, like, taking, like, a little bit of a step back from League, like, the past, like, couple weeks has, like, made me, like, realize, like, when I do play League, I just kind of want to have fun. Like, I don't I don't really care if, like, like obviously, like, at 27 or whatever you just said is fucking terrible. Yeah. But, like, at, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I'm a fairly casual player for League. Like, yeah. Like, I just play with my buddies, so, like, I, <laughs> I don't know. Like, and that's also, like, that's just on the one account. Like, you, you play on, a, like, at least two accounts you swap off as well. So, who knows what, um, you know, I don't know what your other account's stats are on Kane, and I didn't look it up at all. So, yeah, but 
cool. I'm glad you've found something that actually is keeping, for the most part, for at least now, keeping your attention. Because we know how uh, flighty you can be with uh, league champion commitments. So I'm, yeah, I'm happy that's, for you. That's definitely true. I, I tried action for like a week or two, and... I'm so bad at that champion, man. I don't. <laughs> that's a, it's like the, it's similar, but I'm like worse on action somehow. Like, like the champion's not like super hard. Like, the kit's fairly basic, other than the the swing. Like, you obviously have to be really good with the swing, and I just, I just troll so much. Like, I'll go flying into fights and like instantly die. Or, I guess if you came to community game night last night, you got to witness me go like two and like seventeen or eighteen on action. It was it was a little rough, but. You know, damn man had my back. He carried me that game, so... Nice. Okay, cool. Um, John, how you been, man? I've been good, man. Just busy with work, but uh, having the occasional ranked binge. Like what, uh, do. if you don't mind, if you don't mind talking about it, what do you, like, briefly, what do you, what do you do for work? Uh... I don't. You don't have to tell us like where you work and you know yeah, the exact so, address of the builder or any shit like that. Yeah. But. <laughs> so like, right now I'm uh, working with the school that I went to, the dental school. Um, okay. So I'm doing stuff like uh, as a teacher there, and then um, there's like a faculty practice you can do as well, which is like uh, just like normal private practice, but for uh, faculty that are there. Sure. But, um. But yeah, I do stuff with the uh, first year students. I mean, that's been fun. Uh, nice. I, yeah, I basically did that kind of just to change things up a little bit. Um, I thought it'd be fun, so I've been enjoying that. But it's been uh, it's been at least for the last few weeks, it's been pretty busy. But I get the weekends sure. off, obviously. That's when I'm usually like binging ranked. But uh, sure. But yeah, I've been. Uh, so then, how's how's ranked been going? How's leap been going for really you? Really good. Um, I've been uh, just spamming games pretty much like when I can. Just because um, I took a little break from ranked for a while because I was real busy, as I was saying. But um, then I, you know, was playing a bunch of normals with my um, my friends and teaching my uh, one buddy who just started playing like three or four weeks ago just playing with him and teaching him and um i mean that's been a ton of fun because you know i was i remember being in his spot and everything and it's it was nice having someone there to kind of teach me so being able to do that for for him has been uh been pretty cool too so that's been a ton of fun honestly so i'll just play nice. on my smurf with uh with them and i've enjoyed that a ton and then i played on my uh Kind of to get back in in ranked form, I played uh, was playing ranked on my Smurf, playing Rengar mostly, playing ADC in Rengar. Um, I mean it was going really well, and then uh, I was learning uh, at least for like the last three four weeks I've been learning Rexi too, um, which has been a lot of fun because. Um, is she fun? She fe so I've never been a fan of. I hate. Fa I don't actually hate facing Rexia because as long as you track her early, she's in my opinion, and people don't throw it. She's kind of like 
dog shit. She's pretty terrible at team fights in general. She's a very strong early jungler, and if and you know she's stronger the higher up you go because games are shorter and she's her power is better there. Yeah. But like, I don't, I don't know, man. Um, I don't feel like she's that good. But she's also I don't want to put any time into learner because the whole that that tremor sense when you're underground and and when you have no vision just like i don't uh, have you have you been able to start to get used to that or not yeah i mean i because it's like uh i don't know i kind of like it honestly because it's like it's really nice when you're uh invading because i mean you can know if they're there from pretty far away and then also you can easily have an escape route and then so what you do is you'll like e over the uh like, if you're the bot side of the map, you'll E over the Baron Pit slash Rift Herald wall to get out of their red. Mm -hmm. And then by the time, you know, you're do done doing the invade, your E will usually be back up. Or you can just use that as, like, an escape route. But the thing, uh, I guess with Rek'Sai... The e, the e is the, the tunnel on her, right? right? Yeah, the tunnel. Okay. But the... Uh, so I would say, like, as far as, like, mechanically, she's not... Uh, I really don't think she's, like, that hard to execute. But there's uh you can like surprise people with like Prowler's Claw and Flash. Obviously, I think it's the the big gimmick with her. And then, like you're saying, like team fighting is obviously rough with her. Late game is rough with her. But I think the big thing with her is you know you gotta really push your your win condition with her, and you know take the the big opportunities to to be aggressive because with her you know. Ideally, you know, when you're playing around a strong lane with Rek'Sai, you play to slow push a wave. And then, you know, once it's getting close, like t five seconds from crashing, you know, making sure you're there as Rek'Sai to make the play on them. Because if you can do, if you can kill the enemy later, because Rek'Sai obviously is really good at diving. Um, if you can dive them, push in like, you know, two, three waves... That can be like a 1100, 1300 gold swing, and that can make sure. a huge difference. So I think the big thing with Rek'Sai is capitalizing on those plays to make your uh, – you have to get your wing con ahead. You have to get people ahead as Rek'Sai. You can't be the only one that's fed. So would you say that she's basically an AD version of Elise in that respect? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. They're basically the same thing. I would yeah. agree with that. Yeah, because her team fights are rough with her. I mean, it's like if you know what the champion does, it's pretty telegraphed. Like once you go in, you're 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 in there. You know, like sure. you have to you have to find a target you can kill. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I see that you uh, you hit diamond on your account too, which is nice. Yeah, I was uh, her, and then I've also been playing a good bit of mid too. Because when I first started playing the game, I actually played mid. And uh, so I've kind of gone back to a few of the champs that I would play in mid occasionally. So I just chew up for mid and jungle, or jungle and mid. But recently I've been doing... As, as, most, as most junglers do, yeah. they queue up jungle and mid. Yeah. Or jungle support. That's basically what I find that junglers do. Yeah. And then, but more recently I've been... Last few games I've actually played ADC... Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, the last game I played of ADC makes me want to play more ADC. 
the uh, the MF game. Yeah, because that was a rough early game, but then we like big time came back. Um, in that game. I mean, U.GG gives you the highest carry score in the game. I got some big old stuff that game. Gotcha. That was a. So- it sounds like you're about to have your Sean arc here. You're like switching like three roles here. <laughs> I like uh, nice. I don't know. It's I like playing. Uh, I guess from having played a lot of AD carry, like I play similar stuff mid. Like I'll just play like scaling stuff. I like playing scaling stuff like Corky and uh, like I actually used to play decent bit like when I first started. Actually, I played Cassiopeia, and then you know I played her a little bit ADC. Um, but she's she seems pretty good right now. I will say, she's she, uh, hard though. She, I feel like the only you just have to be good at kiting and spacing with her. But yeah, she's definitely tough. But well, the thing I tried to pick her up. I played a few games and I was like, okay, this shit is not for me. I knew. Uh, I tried to pick her up before her W range change. Okay. Because now you can cast it wherever. Before, it was always being cast at a fixed range, and I found that extremely hard to use. Yeah, and then, I mean, you have to get used to her. I think the big thing with her is you just have to get used with the CSing with her E, the auto E. Sure. It's tough at first, but once you get that down, and like you can just CS well with her, and get the... Uh, doing the R flash is pretty big on her. Like, catching people off guard sure. with that. Um. Same with her W. Like I feel like a, her W just catches pe- people off guard a lot because it's uh, people just forget that what it does. Like you can't flash or you're grounded and it. Like you can't move. Do any mobility yeah. abilities. Yeah. Um, Very true. So you can do like W flash R, and then just like start doing the auto E auto E auto E constantly. Yeah, yeah, she's she definitely becomes crazy if there's no long range lock not uh, lockdown for her. Oh yeah, or like poke to put her out. Like if you're a mid range or an engaged team comp, you're uh, and and not unstoppable engage like a Malphite R or I don't know like a Callista throwing someone in with her R. Yeah. Like it's you you can't you can't deal with Cass. One of my favorite things to do with like when I'm playing against her cuz uh like you have the old with if you're looking at her you're stunned and then if you're looking away from her you get yeah. slowed. Uh who was like the the pro player who made that play where it was like insane like pixel perfect where the cast like flash ulted on the some ADC and he like insta turned his back away from her and then like just killed her. Someone did I that. I don't know. But, uh, but I'm inclined to think it's a Korean or a Chinese player. Yeah, I, I saw that, and then I like I tried it one time, and it, it they didn't flash, but they just I knew they were gonna ult, so I turned my back to them and then killed them. And I know that's like having played Cassiope before. That it's so frustrating when someone does that and like knows that uh, like how that works. We'll I'm see, to like... see if I can figure it out. Ult. Dodge. I think Miasma, like the W, is such a crazy ability, and it like makes such a it like makes such a huge difference between like good and bad casts, and you can yeah. tell like instantly because like the bad ones just like waste it, and it's like it doesn't do much if you just like throw it out willy nilly, but if like you use it right, it screws like half the champions in the game. They're like based around mobility, yeah, exactly. so like I like to play her into uh, Katarina. 
So Katarina will just like, yeah. She, she jumps near a dagger, you just W, and then you get your poison started. E so, auto E, and then it's just you just continue doing that. It does so much too with conquer. Are you John? Are you talking about? Are you sure it was an ADC with it? Because I'm seeing a clip. Um, I just Googled some cast alt dodges, and one of them was Faker not playing Katarina against. Uh, someone that's what and, it was. Like yeah. almost, yeah. Pixel perfect dodged it. Yeah, yeah that's it's, who it was. It's wild yeah. here. I'll for the, I'll just go back here so the viewers can see this. It's it's nuts. Yeah, I saw that clip perfect. and I thought it was super cool. And I tried it, but obviously <sighs> that's insane. I didn't <laughs> execute it like this. Yeah. <laughs> Baker can play well, anything so well. He so, so can. Wild. Did you guys see the video of his of his Nidalee spear parry? No. Have you guys seen that? Oh my god. Okay. Uh, it was insane. Um, Nidalee spear dodge. It's already like. Uh, oh no. Um, here we go. This right here. I'm gonna link it in our Discord here, so you guys can watch it. But I'm gonna play it right now on stream as well. So he's like. He's recalling. He's playing Fiora. He's mid lane. The other jungler is Nidalee, and he's like alt tabbing and you know f keying around and shit. And he's two hundred health. Like he's he's low, um, and it's just insane. Like I'm just gonna let it play right now. Uh, like you can see on the video, he's recalling and stuff, and then he's alt tabbing around. He's f keying, and all of a sudden, boom! Like that's that's absurd. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What? I'm going to play the I know. I'm going to play this on uh like 0.25 here. There he we go. Like Let's watch computer. this. Here comes the Yep, he even tabbed. <laughs> like, and then it went it, like, "Oh my god." And then he didn't even react. Like his face doesn't change, nothing. Yeah. It's it's absurd. It's just a normal day at the office room. Exactly. <laughs> He's just streaming and playing some solo queue. I'll play Fiora mid and just casually decide to parry it and Nidalee spear away. Oof. Yeah. Well, um, since you asked, my week's been good too. Um, <laughs> uh, I've been... Um, well, my legs are almost healed. Like, I have a lot of... I got a lot of grazes and stuff from my... Uh, from my 10k. And then... I think I got poison ivy on at the same time, like on the inside of like my elbow and under my right arm or so here. It's hard to see here, but it's a lot. It used there was like there were little bits of like almost um they had like whiteheads and stuff, so I was a little worried about that. Um but I yeah, I got some poison ivy, but I found out I'm not very allergic to poison ivy, which is good. Um Yeah, and then uh work's been good life's been good and all there's been a heat wave in the city in minneapolis here a little bit but it just cooled down yesterday and uh yeah all is good and then league wise like i said i've just been spamming fiddlesticks and his pick rate is way up which i don't like because now he's getting more recognition and they're gonna have to nerf him again but he was already really good before this patch and this patch he's just absurd like i went over it last episode it's it's fucking stupid how much they buffed him <laughs> um 
because he was already good. Like you don't need to buff him. Just like just leave him be. Let the people who understand that he's good play him. You don't need to force non fiddle six players to play him. Um, and consequently, like at the beginning of the patch, his win rate was higher. Now he's actually his win rate's gone down as more people have been playing him. But yeah, like it's uh, it's crazy strong. And in solo queue, people don't understand how to play against fiddlesticks either. They just don't. Um, if you're going to play against him, invade him early on his first clear, you'll set him back really far. You especially want to see if you can deny the blue buff, but even in general, just like you can ward out. There's spots so he's going to be doing, if the fiddle six is good, he's going to be doing blue and Gromp together, as well as potentially blue and wolves together, and then red and raptors together. So you can know those spots and just at the timing when you would maybe be over by your stuff, just go and invade, play an invade jungler against him and boom, just bum rush him. The junglers that he loses most against are like these giant behemoths of Mordekaiser jungle is a nightmare for Fiddlesticks. Uh, Volleybear jungle, Shivana jungle, those ones, they just can't fucking deal with them that easily. If you're playing someone squishy or a bruiser or something, I'm just going to ult over the wall and you're going to be feared and silenced for three seconds and your team's going to die and then they'll type jungle diff or something. Like that's honestly what's been happening. Um, and they don't respect like you only need to be out of vision for i think it's what a second or something so people don't understand like you walk around a wall and they're like oh fiddle six is over there and then all of a sudden boom two seconds later he's in your face and your whole team is feared it's it's just stupid i've been enjoying that a lot but yeah um yeah league's been good for that so far i haven't been playing any adc i haven't been roll swapping i haven't played much cane lately it's just just fiddlesticks as I'm showing on screen with my stuff here, but yeah. so so like, does that get old at all for you? Like, for, like for me, like I change constantly, right? And like, if I played like four games of Fiddlesticks in a row, I'd probably be getting pretty bored of it at that point. But for like you, that's just you're just completely yeah, fine. Totally fine. I mean, like, I don't necessarily. I'm not now. I'm basically just. I'm fine first picking Fiddlesticks. I don't care. Um, I. Generally, like I try to pick my jungler around what is happening with the rest of the team, but I'll just I'll totally just go and blind fit. I don't care. Uh, but it helps me that like when I log on, I play an ARM game, so I don't know what I'm gonna get. I might get some sort of a behemoth or something. I might get like I played a yesterday. I played a lethal or two days ago. I played lethality Aatrox on uh, on ARM. It was sweet just going you know, hit with a dusk blade or something, going invisible and then popping back out with a Q and an auto and invisible. And then I played like a Tom Kench game and I played a Velkaz game and then there was like an AP Nasus, there was a ultimate spellbook, there's a full health tank volley bear. Like it's just I'm playing different ARAM stuff, which helps kind of separate me from it. And then I can go into ranked games playing fit. Like I could when I was playing Lilia a ton, I'm I didn't necessarily blind it because that one is more exploitable or more easily exploitable than Fiddlesticks. But just playing Fiddlesticks, I don't I don't care about facing uh I don't care about anyone else what they're playing. I don't care about I can continue to repeat it. It doesn't get boring for me. Like I there's a reason I haven't swapped roles in like four seasons. Like I just don't I don't get bored with jungle. What uh what do you think is more punishable about Lily as opposed to Fiddlesticks? So Okay, so they're both when they're when they're super fed, they're both going to absolutely destroy your team. Mm -hmm. Um but when Fiddlesticks, let's say Fiddlesticks is several levels down, if you have a four level gap on him and he doesn't have any 
money, let's say he just has a mythic and you have like three items, four items, it doesn't even matter. If you don't have vision around every corner, he can pop over an alt and even if the team is down 10k, if you fear an entire team for two seconds and you're applying, I mean, the base damage like on his, let me look at what his his alt damage is. Oh, it's, it's like, it, it's absurd. It's insane, yeah. Especially if you get yeah, the fear so off even on like that's, three to four people. Right, and he has a 250% AP ratio at all ranks on his thing. So let's yeah, say you have... Lily is gated you don't even by have the much. fact that she has to do the hidden ability first, too. Where exactly. Like he can, if he pops over, he fears your team for two seconds. He's doing two and a half seconds worth of damage or so. And then you blow him up, whatever. Like He's already disrupted everything that's going he on. Probably has yeah, the, <laughs> he probably has stopwatch. Or you have a stopwatch because you because t- I take the uh, first strike and then the f- the free stopwatch, yeah. so you're gonna have it by that point. And that even if you have no items, that disruption is so much more powerful than anything Lilia can bring to the table. Yeah, I... But if you're facing some sort of a behemoth, fiddle six, okay, he fears the behemoth. Like if you're facing a mundo, like okay, oh, sure, you maybe fear a mundo or you fear a volibear, but then he just turns around and slaps you. Yeah. Like it doesn't do that much, but. Lilia is good against those ones where you can walk around and you can deal with the volleyball slap and you're not channeling anything and you can just like kite around them forever. It's like it's a different play style or so, and that's why I feel like when I'm when I'm playing a lot of Lilia, which I still play some Lilia sometimes, it's situational based on at least seeing one champion it'll be good against. It doesn't matter if, as long as they don't have a five behemoth comp, I'm picking fiddlesticks right now. If they have poke, if they have bruisers if they have you know like normal adcs whether that's range or not like there's just so many uh there's so many great um fiddlesticks is good against most anything that's being played right now in the meta and lilia less so uh since the durability update she was better before the durability update i maintain i don't care what the stats say i think she was actually better before yeah fiddle but like yeah his his alt does if i'm looking at the damage it's per tick and i think it's four ticks per second um and it's five yeah every 0.25 seconds so rank one if we're assuming he literally has zero ap we're talking 37.5 damage per tick per second times five we're looking at 750 damage to everyone around him and then he's also doing other stuff. Yeah, he doesn't have to do ult. anything with yeah, that. That's just his ult. That's just the ult. Not including the E or the W or anything the like w that. It's so it's much, nuts. Too. Like if you can uh, the heal yourself in a good the place, heal. Yeah. yeah. It's nuts. I last community game next. I wasn't able to join yesterday because I had to work long, unfortunately. But I I got a quadra kill just by like hiding behind a turret. And if you're like something, you don't even need to be from behind vision or out of vision with fiddle six. You can just stand still as one of the effigies. And if because when you walk up to an effigy, pretty often they flash. But if you just don't flash, they also look like they're ulting. And if there's an effigy in the middle, no one's gonna think it's actually you. And then you just ult on their face and then fear them and E and stuff like it's just it's funny to do shit like that. Or stand behind a structure, even if you're in vision, the channeling you'd like it's not as visible, so they don't pay that much attention to it, and then you just appear on their face as well. Yeah, one thing I like to do too that I've done as fiddle is uh like put like a uh one of the trinkets in a uh pixel brush and then hide over like yep. uh like where the dragon wall is, and then as soon as they walk up to it, they just like, oh, they think it's like the ward trinket fiddle, and then you just ult over the wall, or like, you know, just silence 
Q, W them. The best ones, though, are like the that's that's totally true. The best ones are like the the walls where normally if the, someone's playing Zach or Nunu, they'll ward deep, but they don't against Fiddlesticks. Like, um, if you're if you're playing on red side and that tri brush next to the red side bot side turret, oh, yeah, that's pretty protected. Like they don't. Yes, they'll ward over that wall, but they won't ward in the brush. And you can stand in the brush and land over the other side, even when they're not in turret range and fear them. Yeah, if they're near the it's, turret, yeah, you can hit them. Exactly. It's I got our bot lane was getting smashed in a game yesterday, and I did it three times in a row, and they never learned. They never learned. I don't understand. Like once it happens once, okay, go ward that, or don't, or if you're gonna siege the turret, stand on the far like against the wall on the edge of the map. Like, it doesn't... I don't know. Just, just like, adapt your behavior based on the game. Yeah, I like the... I one of my favorites is the one you talked about last episode, where it's, uh, like, in mid, behind the... Uh, each one of the, like, side walls, Those... where you can just stand yep. on, like, the, uh, like, midpoint of one of the side walls there, and then you just hug it, and they can't see you around the vision, and you can just ult into the middle of the lane. <laughs> yeah, or what's really fun is... Um, Placing an effigy in a brush, and then standing yourself. Also, on even if you're on vision, you or even if you're not on vision when you stand there, even if they place vision, they just see a couple of effigies, and you just stand there, and they may walk up and try and clear it, and then you just attack them immediately. Like I, I cheesed. Uh, I think it was an Azir or something when he he came up to try and clear. He clear, cleared one effigy, and the further back effigy was actually me, and then. Um, when he got in range, I just ulted on his face, and then our I just queued him, and then he's feared still, and then the silence and stuff. Yeah, it's there's so much fun shit you can do with fiddlesticks and little walls that people don't expect. Like, oh, okay, we pushed him out of the fight, appears a second later, and ults on your face. Yeah, he is a fun champion to play, yep. especially when you get his clear down. Yeah, his clear is pretty difficult, but yeah, well, it's diff it's very different, but yeah. Well, in any case. We did, this isn't a Fiddlesticks pod as much as I would love to talk continue talking about Fiddlesticks. This is a Neela pod. Um, so I've played some Neela. I've played with her. I've played against her. Um, I mean, what are... Uh, Sean, what's your initial impressions of Neela so far? Like, how do you think it overall... Like, do you think she's pretty balanced? Is she overpowered, underpowered? Like, how does she fit right now in the meta and all? Um... So I, I, I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I didn't actually play the champion. I've played against it a decent amount. I'd say right now it is, like, pick or ban. Like, every game it's banned, like, 50% of the time or some shit like that. And uh, even then, I'm not queuing 80 carries. So, like, I'd have I'd have to queue 80 carry to even get the chance to play her. And even then, it's, it's just, like, a huge mess. And I don't want to go through that right now. But, like... To me, it seems, like, very similar to, like, a Yasuo or, like, a Yone or, like, like a high-skill cap melee champion that can make, like, highlight real plays. But right now, obviously, she just came out and people aren't going to be great at her. And, like, pretty much every Neela I've played with or against has been, like, not, like, noticeable even, really. Or I didn't notice too much from them. I don't know. It didn't seemed like they were very strong it seemed like they were just kind of getting stomped every game i played with them so right now i don't have too much of an impression but it would not surprise me if like people 
start picking her up and playing a ton of her and get really good at her, then it, it'll be similar to like a Yasuo, where, you, where if you play like against a bad Yasuo, like pretty much useless champion. But if you play against a good one, they're one v five in your team, and the game feels unplayable. So that's how that's my opinion of it. Huh. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, like I've played against it a good bit and with it on my team. I've only played two games of it personally. Um, I think she's strong, but uh, yeah, I would agree. It's like it's situational. Like I think it's about the. Uh, the pilot of the champion and also sure. the uh your support i think is a an important thing as far as that it's like samira somewhat because you have to if you have the a good support um for that champion then i mean she can 1v9 like like sean was saying but if he, if you have something that's that's not good with it i mean it, it's gonna be a really rough lane Especially if the enemy team has a uh, ton of range. Like the first game I played of her, I played against a Swain Senna bot lane. And that oh was my rough. God. Um, second game I played her, I played against a Varus uh, Blitzcrank. And like that was better, but still like. Jesus Christ. Still rough. But yeah, I mean, it's similar. Like Sean was saying, I think it's similar to Yeso in that, like, if you can play that style of, you know, melee champ, and as long as you can just get through the first few levels and stay healthy and, you know, not miss too much CS, because her passive, you know, is nice to, to make up for some of that as well. Like, that you lose in gold, at least you get experience, like, uh, extra experience no matter what. Yeah. But I don't know. I would need to. Uh, I want to play more of her. She's she's definitely a lot of fun, and you can have a lot of. She's a flashy champion for sure. Like you can have a lot of pop off moments at uh, like in team fights with their ult. If you can get like a three or four man ult, and then uh, like W, and then just like Q, and then start autoing their whole team at the same time, it's it's pretty crazy. Especially if you have some items on her. But uh. It can be very rough. It can be very rough. And, like, you can, like Sean was saying, like, if you're behind, you're just going to be useless. Like, you can't even get, look at the enemy team if they have range. Yeah, like, her toughest matchups on stat site here are, like, Seraphine. Okay, Seraphine's strong. The new Sivir, which also, by the way, feels fantastic. Yeah. I'd play, like, Vigor, Jin, Zeri. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Misfortune, Caitlyn, Jinx, like, all of them, 47. And then Vayne, Draven, all of them, less than a 48% win rate against him. Like, she's getting rocked by all yeah, of them. Yeah, I could see that. Swain, this is saying, is really rough, too. Yeah. Yeah, Sivir is, I'm sure, pretty rough. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say, like, I haven't... So I played her in practice tool just to understand, you know, what her abilities did, uh, what the mechanics felt like, what could she buffer with Flash or things like that. Um, 
and uh, yeah, but I wasn't. I queued up a few times in norms to try and play her, and every time she was banned, I just couldn't get a chance to play her. I even queued up an ultimate spellbook and still couldn't, still couldn't get her. She was still banned, so I just haven't had a chance to play her yet because she's only been out for a week. But and I haven't seen her in Aram to even pick her up. Like I totally would have picked her up for an Aram to try it. But yeah, I'd say I totally agree with you that she, uh, Sean, that she feels invisible when I play with her against her. Like she. I forget I have her on a team. Like, okay, it's just a faceless bot laner. Um, like she just... She's not, like, bad. I don't find her, like, losing hard. But I don't really see her winning or anything. It's just, like, they just kind of exist, the bot lane does. And it's... I don't know. Like, she feels lackluster. Again, only one week out. So we'll see what happens. But I don't... She doesn't just she doesn't feel very good. I also think that maybe some of the runes here are an issue. Like the most the most common rune page is uh, or U.G.G. recommends taking Conquer. I firmly think that she should be lethal tempo because you want to get extra range, especially because your Q gives you extra range, and then you want to get extra range on top of that. So then you're attacking at roughly a 400 or so. Like it's a decent enough deal, um, especially because you're hitting splash damage too. So your damage is even going beyond that. You're almost hitting at like 500 range at that point. But like I don't, I don't know. She feels very lackluster. I don't think that it's mechanic things that need to be added because she has a lot of cool stuff. Like. Um, I tried, uh, you can, you can't R flash. Well, you can start the R and then flash, but you can't like flash in the instant when the, the R, which is basically an Oriana R, you can't pull them in from a different direction. Like it, it's very well coded where it's like the instant where you are, um, as opposed to Oriana can do some weird stuff like that. But, uh, her her EQ because if you if you Q it's just like she slaps her whip down, um, but if you you but if and then the E is a dash just like Yasuo, but if you EQ if you cast your Q while you're Eing it like follows you almost like a Pike E, and you can you can read because it follows you after a tiny brief delay you can redirect that with Flash I've found so you could do some funky stuff with that it's like Pike E and flash is how it functions it's just a lot less it's a lot faster and it's a lot harder to redirect but i was able to get it where i was you know eqing on a couple of dummies here and then flashing to one to the side and then it would go and then redirect to the one to the side as well so you could do some stuff like that um but yeah she's a lot more mechanically simple than i i was expecting especially with the teaser trailer when they were showing some of her gameplay like they were I thought it was going to be like this insanely mechanically intensive character. And it's, it's really not like you were saying, it's just survive lane and get some items so you can go in and like a Samira and, and carry stuff, but you don't fall off like Samira does is my scene on it. But, or, or does she fall off? Do you guys think she falls off? Like what's, is she strong early, mid, late? Like what, is, where's her power troughs? I mean, I think she definitely is stronger late because she gets a lot of scaling off the her crit so she gets a lot of benefit from the crit as far as like uh, like the armor pen the lifesteal and whatnot and all the other st stuff she gets from that but oh right because her q does more damage based on yeah, crit I think she's as well weak early and strong late and like mid game kind of medium but kind of depends Neutral, how the game neutral sure but yeah i would say 
like what uh, differentiates like from what I've seen at this point, what differentiates you know a good one from a not good one is how they use their W and their E, because you can you can outplay a lot of stuff with the W as far as like dodging auto attacks and stuff, and then with your E because you can get you can hold two charges of it, so you can dodge a bunch of stuff and then dodge a lot of autos, and then she takes at least from you know what it says on. UWG, um, she likes to take exhaust. Kind of just depends on the matchup. Probably like cleanse or exhaust. That's what I've taken. Yeah. But yeah, I agree with you as far as the lethal tempo thing too. I've only tried conquer, but like I feel like it's similar to Yasuo in that like if they have a bruisery team, then conquer could be good. But I mean, if they have like a squishy team with a lot of mobility, like lethal tempo could definitely be better. Yeah. I'm looking at um, OP.GG because the only thing that I use it really for is, uh, well, streaming games during Clash when I'm waiting for someone to play because you can do that. But then also um, you can look at win rate by game length. And I don't know if you can do that on U.GG, but I can't figure out where it is. But she's uh, much, you know, once re games reach 30 and 40 minutes, she's much higher up. She's still a below 50% win rate, but her win rate jumps uh, by like two to three percentage points once you hit the 35 versus 30 minute games. One thing I just... Which is the saying, which is saying just like you're saying, like if, you know, once you get through that, once you get a few items, you're actually a lot more effective. Yeah. One thing I just thought about was, uh, one thing I'd like to try on her is, I wonder how a rapid fire cannon interacts with her. Like, she, I mean, she's like moves a ton, so she could potentially proc it a lot. So, like, you could just that would be nice for you know engaging in a fight, or even when you're just like farming and you want to trade with them, having that like mid game, mid to late would be pretty nice because you could just auto from farther away, you could just queue them, and then right, auto, but, but I don't know, is that worth like. It's one auto for her, yeah. and she's not like a she's not bursting like a Jin auto or like true. a Caitlyn That's auto. True. You know, it's yeah. she wants to hit several times with the extended range. Yeah, it's true. She because I've only done uh, I've only tried Shield Bow and Phantom Dancer on her too. Yeah, that's what I feel like it would be. It's basically a Jinx build, um, or not a Jinx build, a uh, like a Samira build, but not Collector. Yeah, that's true. Especially when, like, uh, IE would just be, like, it would just be a better version of doing that anyway, because you're just going to be doing way more damage at that point. Yeah. It's more probably it's probably better to spend gold on that. That's true. It could be fun, yeah. though. It could be uh, fun in ARAM. Could be fun. I mean, everything's fun in ARAM, <laughs> let's be real. Uh, there's, there, but with old Swain, or no, with even with this Swain, um... I, or I guess not the most recent iteration of Swain before his mini rework, but I would love, when Rod of Ages was in the game, I'd go six Rod of Ages in ARAM. It wasn't really good, but it was a lot of fun, because then like it, it, you could stack them up, and it's like, okay, you have two of them stacking, and then you're trying to build a third one, and then you get to the fourth one, and the fifth one, and stuff. It's just like, can you survive long enough to have six fully stacked Rod of Ages? Yeah. Because everything stacked. There was no unique passives. So, he would, I mean, like, shit like that. Like, it's just, you know, lethality set. Uh, what else is, like, fun in Aram, but not really that good? Yeah, um, lethality. Full AP, full AP Kaisa right now. Uh, Let's 
I mean, we were playing a community game night a couple weeks ago, and I grabbed um, a Dusk Blade on Zoe, uh, which it wasn't very, it was it didn't increase my damage, but it was fun to you know blow someone up and then boom, Zoe's invisible, and then okay, now I appear and then kill someone else, boom, invisible again. It was really cool Crit to see. Thresh. On True. Full AP, full AP Thresh with Dark Harvest. I've never tried that. I love playing Aram yeah. I don't really. Full health Nautilus, where you go Sunfire, you get Grasp and like gargoyle. everything that increases your max health. <laughs> no, you don't go Gargoyle. You go. Uh, well, I, I always go Sunfire, and then um, usually like Warmogs. at some point you're gonna throw Anathemas in. Anathemas in there for sure. Warmogs, yes. Uh, Spirit Visage to increase your shield size and your heals. And with the grasp and everything and if you keep going then obviously you get like you know merc treads or something and then um shit what else do you even get like you just get as much health as you possibly can abyssal mask because mostly you're dealing magic damage and it gives you a lot of health uh you could go um force of nature because dead man's plate's a terrible item yeah. but force ma uh, force of nature would be pretty decent because aram's usually pretty magic skewed stuff like that it's really fun because then you're at base your sunfire is doing like 60 damage and then you're just a Nautilus, like, <laughs> swinging your anchor down on people and then, you know, queuing them and pulling them yeah. back and then ulting them. And it's just, it's, it's fucking stupid. You're an unkillable CC machine. Exactly. It's basically a better version of Tom Kench. Uh, but Tom Kench in Aram is also just straight fucking stupid. <laughs> just ulting people and dubbing yeah. them away. Yeah. Yep. So, um... When, so what do you guys think of like Neela's? Because she's a champion that has mana. Like, does she have mana issues? Does she uh, like? Because a lot of her cooldowns are pretty short, except for her W. Her Q is on a four second cooldown all the time. Her W, that's the thing that gives you like the you know she can't be autoed and dodges everything. That's on a twenty six to twenty two cooldown, and then her the E is it's charges and the static cooldown is point five, but then the recharge is like twenty six to twelve. And her ult cooldown is also pretty short. It's 110 to 80. Like, do, what do you think about her cooldowns and her mana costs? So I would say, like, uh, I so I didn't even, like, think about that the first time I played her. And, I'd like, the default rune setup gave me a triumph. So I'd say if you don't, if you don't take Presence of Mind, one thing I've seen is, like, people taking Essence Reaver second. Because I felt like I did have some mana problems when I didn't uh, have Presence of Mind. But sure. uh, the most recent game I tried Presence of Mind didn't really have any mana issues. But the first game when you're spamming your Q basically to farm, like that's pretty much your bread and butter is just queuing constantly and then autoing. And uh, that yeah. used to and, give it a mana. And her... Her her base man is also pretty decent. It's three thirty at level yeah. one, and it scales up decently well. And her mana regen also scales up pretty well. So I don't, I don't. When I was playing it as well in practice tool, I was surprised that for several minutes I didn't turn on the the auto, um, the auto regen resources button. Like it 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 wasn't a problem that much. I wasn't using my W because I wasn't laning against other people, but. Um, yeah, like, even, you know, using Q and E was not a problem. Yeah, because mostly you're just using your Q, ideally, like, to farm mm -hmm. in the beginning. But, yeah, yep. I if you, as long as you take Presence of Mind, like, there's really no issues where I mean, his mana is concerned, I've found. Sure. 
So yet again, u.gg, come on, swap over to Presence of Mind. There's, they're recommending Triumph. I think everybody's recommending Triumph. I mean, I definitely see where that has uh, has merit, but for Lane, I think Presence of Mind is definitely better. The best, the best thing I think about Triumph, especially for a champ like Neela, is because you're going to be scrappy through most of the yeah. game. Is the additional twenty gold when you get a takedown? But you know, let's say you participate in twenty kills, that's forty four hundred gold. Okay, that gets you a ruby crystal. That gets you. Uh, it's not that much gold, really. Yeah. I don't know. The health doesn't feel. If triumph is what's saving you in a team fight. I think something's gone wrong. Yeah, you have a good bit of healing anyway, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Especially because she takes, uh, like, this is recommending taking Revitalize, and I've done that both times as well. And I, like, I'll yeah. look, and I've got good value out of that. I think that's definitely a decent rune on her, because that synergize is really good with her passive already. So And, and second wind, when she's constantly going to be right. poked it totally makes sense to just continually be regenerating that, especially if you're... Because I assume in lane, you're probably starting Doran Shield for the most part. Yes. I would say... This, I, if you're good at all-in, though, I would say Doran's Blade. Like, if you have a engage support, maybe Doran's Blade if you're going to go in, like, level 2. But, but like, no, who I would, would say you, in general, though. Who would you win a level 2 duel against? Maybe, like, Kog'Maw? I mean, I've, but, I've like, won. I won a level two. Let's see, the Varus, I I killed a level two, but then I got okay. a. Uh, I was like three and one that game. Then he got the shutdown on me. Gotcha. I feel like a really good support to pair with Nilo would be Rakan because Rakan has healing, he has shielding, and has so engage. This. I think that's good. This is my other theory. Tarek. Uh, Tarek is best as a jungler, not a support. <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> Let's make one thing clear. <laughs> okay, but yeah, Tarek is definitely good because he's got the heals, the shields, and, and uh, lots of CC. Yeah, and he, get, yeah. he likes to go in with her, and like he can. Uh, it's like nice to have the the tether on her just to make her a little tankier. Yep. Sure. I think Janna could be yeah. good too. Janna would be great, I think. Um, Lulu would be deceptively not amazing, I think. Uh, I would say, like, ooh, who else? Soraka would be okay. Seraphine would be pretty good. Um, I didn't like Soraka too much. I think. I also think. I, I also yeah. I also think roaming supports are not as good with her, given that her passive is like trying to be tied True. there. Yumi would be terrible for lane oh gosh, but you're yeah. getting like max value out of the passive and the heals and everything like yumi would hit like up be upgrading her abilities so fast yeah, if you could play it safe with her it would be good lane would be definitely rough early though tom can should be decent i'd say like trundle True, support tom. would be pretty good uh i don't know like um jarvan support Malkai, might be decent maybe? there's yeah, Maokai wouldn't. Uh, Maokai doesn't shield yeah, or heal his teammates, but he gets value from because I mean he heals, so he gets value from it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, not ideal for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what do we think about like viability in other lanes? Because that's something we haven't talked about mm -hmm. yet. Because obviously she was designed as a bot laner, and her passive skews her towards being. 
in a lane with someone else. But what do we think about her being able to be played in other other roles, whether that's support, uh, jungle, top, mid? Sean, I'll give you first crack at this. Like, do you think there's any viability, and if so, where? I have no idea. <laughs> <coughs> oh man, I've been talking so long. Lost my voice. Um. Yeah, I really don't know. Like I said, I haven't actually played the champion, and like I'm literally like thinking about the kid here, and I'm literally thinking it's like Yasuo Light. So I'd imagine mid would probably be like the second most viable role. But I mean, with the experience sharing passive, I don't. I can't imagine you would want to play it anywhere else because you're not getting the full efficiency out of the passive. But I guess if she's like super OP, then you could. I don't know. Here's a crazy thought. Also, I personally think like if you're going to play her in another role, uh, I have to watch a video on jungling because I right before we came live, I tried to jungle clear on her and it was very unhealthy. Um, and I played her like twice. Keep in mind, but it was very unhealthy, and it was it was okay timing. But I five camped everything but Gromp, and I ran out of both refill potions and my smites, and I was at 100 health, so I wasn't gonna be able to kill, kill Gromp. I had to just like you know exit or recall at that point. Um, and she doesn't have CC to be able to do Scuttle Crab, which is a big issue. But uh, what about going? Neela, Yumi, both of them mid, and you have a bot laner that can sustain solo. Because Yumi's going to get all of that combined, and then you're not risking someone else dying to ganks. And, or maybe you go like Morgana or something else mid as well. You can go double mid because you're going to get all that experience. And you just need someone to be able to hold down the fort in in bot you need someone who's gonna be able to solo whether that's like a karthus it could be a um a gragas tank it could be shit i don't know but like something uh lissandra would be okay um ari would be decent you could just do something like that and really you draft neela neela could totally be a b1 because if she can clear effectively which a video that john sent me said that she can clear like a full clear in 305 or 310 or something and then if she can jungle decently and then be bot lane you know she's designed as an adc so she can play there if you could put her in mid and then rotate a support over with her that sounds disgusting am i theory crafting too hard no. I think it I think there are a lot of mid laners that don't put a ton of pressure on the lane, like control I'd say like a lot of the like control mages don't usually pressure I guess at like a high level they probably do, like they when they know how to play the lanes really well, but like if you're playing at like gold or like plat level, like if you play against like a Victor or like an Oriata, they're probably not gonna put a ton of pressure on you. So if like you get through the laning phase against like them then it's probably fine but i'd imagine against assassins you're probably just gonna get stopped on our but like i said i'd have to see it like i have not seen a ton of the champion yet so well what but the thing is i don't think you'd have a problem in mid like you're saying like yeah you probably wouldn't have enough pressure put on you to where it's not a beneficial pick but the problem is that you'd worry about bot lane getting destroyed because you need to put someone down there and it's going to be a solo person then in that case. So who can, you need a, a more passive bot lane. So maybe if they draft like Zeri and something else, you could put them in bot lane or a Twitch something, but 
you need someone, there's not a lot of champs that can 2v1 and not lose super hard, especially when a jungler is going down there. Maybe a Mordekaiser wouldn't be terrible in that spot, but I, my worry isn't so much in mid, it's with bot lane not falling down because bot lane doesn't have that you know the, for the first five minutes they don't have the extra protection in turrets uh like mid and top lane do so that's like you could loot you could realistically lose your turret in the first five minutes lose all five plates and then your entire strategy is fucked and their adc is huge exactly so like what there's not a lot of champs that can 2v1 against we're assuming this isn't like a caitlin karma bot lane right let's assume it's something that's like pretty neutral it could be a felios x it could be like samira x uh you're not looking at a draven that often um i mean shit what are the most popular bot lanes let me even look i have it up on screen right here uh, bot lane by Pickering. yeah if you're facing sivir as a 23 right now but okay ezreal and something you're not gonna like get rocked by ezreal kaisa you're not gonna get rocked by kaisa you're not gonna get tower dove and rocked that easily by Jin, nor twitch Sivir, not really either with the way that they changed her. Samira, maybe. Lucian, yeah, you'd have to worry about that. You probably couldn't swap there. But Vayne, yes. Zeri, totally fine. Draven, no. Caitlyn, no. Ash, probably a not. Misfortune, hell no. Callista, probably also no. Tristana, no. So there's it depends on the matchup. But like there's lanes where realistically they're not going to put that much pressure on you, assuming that the support isn't, uh, you know, someone who's going to also just wreck your face and the jungler isn't constantly down there. You'd probably have to do bot side protection on the jungle and leave top side weak side. But I don't know. Like I'm just trying to theory craft because her passive Neil's passive of the experience sharing really introduces her up to some really unique team comps, both for, you know, like amateur um, competitive stuff, like when people are doing clash or in competitive leagues, like Kybe is in one uh, or, other podcasters in the past, like I've participated in one too, doing stuff like that, or especially in pros as well. I'm just trying to think of, you know, like all the different variations that this very new mechanic is introduced. I know I kind of monologued there a little bit, but respond how you will. Uh, as someone who's, who's made quite a few new accounts and um, when you play like within like the first 10 levels, you get like a lot of like messed up games where like one team will have a jungler and then like there will be like two top lane or whatever. And like I'd say in general, like if you if you play well enough, like and and as the one top lane, and you like obviously if you just walk up, you're gonna get shit on by two people. But like if you like sit there and wait it out, then like usually you can hang in there long enough that like you out level them, so you'll like hit level six by the time they hit like level four. And, like, at that point, you you can pretty easily 2v1. So, like, if you're, like, talking about this, like, wackiest strat, like, you could probably run, like, a tank bot, like, an Ornn or something, and, like, just, like, wait them out, and then try to either, like, bring your jungler down and then 2v2. But, I don't <laughs> I can, I mean, maybe I'm just, when you, like, make a new account, too, you're obviously playing against new players, so maybe I'm just playing, I was, like, playing against shitty players when I experienced that, but, like... Maybe it won't work against good players. I don't know, but I like, yeah, that... it'd be it's a wacky strat, obviously, right? Having a two v one lane bot. Sure, I figure if you're gonna do it, you send someone like maybe a gangplank would be the most aggressive, but like gangplank Aatrox would be okay to send down. Mordekaiser would be okay. Um, 
Orn, like you said, would be good, or I think Gragas would be very good. Set would be pretty decent. Like these champions that if it's it's pretty dicey to dive them would be good. Alawi would actually be pretty decent down there to uh to two V one. Um I don't know. I'm just trying I'm just spitballing right here, you know. I'm just I'm just stream of consciousness. Uh yes, I have a note that says viability in other lanes that I'm looking at, but I don't know, like I'm I'm just trying to think of new stuff here. I think in pro it would be punished a lot more, but I think if you took like teleport Karthus, uh, or if you did like teleport in top and and bot, assuming that bot might go that far behind, you know, you do, you could go like Karthus and go, you know, you die, okay, you clear the wave and stuff and you die. You teleport back, it might happen a couple minutes later, and then you could just walk top, relieve your top laner, your top laner teleport down or something. like. There could be macro rotations to cover for this strat. Meanwhile, there's two people in mid lane who have perma mid prio and are sh not necessarily killing, but like shitting on this mid laner. Yeah. Then your jungler can just fucking wreak havoc wherever he ha wherever he feels like it because you have perma mid prio. Yeah, I think it, like you were saying, I think it would just depend on the comp too. Like if you had that and then also had another like top laner, like you were saying that had like TP and someone who could exert a lot of side lane pressure, like that could be good for sure. Because then you could yeah. that would make uh, objectives really annoying for the enemy team to get. Like if you had like like Orin or something like that. Like Sean was saying, like someone that can like, and yeah. then in bot, like someone that can wave clear and just like, just hanging. Heimerdinger. Yeah, that's true. Honestly. Heimerdinger. That's it. It's Heimerdinger. <laughs> it's a Heimerdinger your angle. Your turrets are the second champion. <laughs> exactly. You put your turrets under your turret, and then you just auto and throw your rockets and shit. And then when the everything comes in, you just massacre just the wave. They can't watch. dive you. Exactly. They can't dive you. That's oh shit. <laughs> I'm going to tweet LS after this. <laughs> that would be really fun to try. That would be real. I kind of want to try that at some point. Maybe like, yeah, we could try that next week in community night, or we could try and get the podcasters to try and do that. But yeah. So, okay. Um, have you guys paid much attention to, uh, to Neela's lore at all? I don't know. Cause I pay attention to lore. I know John, Sean doesn't necessarily, and Kybe never pays attention, but uh, to lore, but, John, have you paid attention to her lore at all? Do you pay attention to champ lore at all, uh, or not really? Not really. I mean, like, I know, like, okay. you know, some champion stuff lore, you know, here and there, but I don't usually, like, uh, sure. look into it, like, a whole lot. Sure. So, I, I was speaking a little bit about this before we started, but I would highly recommend people go watch, if you if you ha care anything about lore, go watch uh, Necrit, N-E-C-R-I-T, his YouTube page. He's the number one league... Uh, league universe lore content creator um fantastic he goes through and, and doesn't read the stories necessarily word for word although a lot of times he sometimes he does but then he'll link it in with other stuff and explain how this is connecting to this story over here and this stuff and neela's lore is fantastic but if you want to get like i would highly recommend he dropped a video today uh or maybe yesterday and then dropped one when neela was coming out or maybe a couple but the so that's you go watch those for the longer stuff. But TLDR, Neela has a demon within her water orb that's like you know hanging on uh, on like a chain around her belt or whatever. It's like around her waist, that little water sphere thing. And there's that's the demon of joy, uh, like unbl like joy. And so there's 
at the newest story that was released here. Oh, let me let me just find this. Christ. Um uh Neela News story. Let's see if I can find it. Um I'm just trying to find because she got a new story uh that came out today oh here it is okay yep so it just came out like okay so here's the here's the the quote here you will know joy you will be a hero and you will pass into legend as all great heroes do the only price i ask for such treasures is you and that's from the the demon ashlesh um Basically, her people are a whole bunch. It's like this cult of people who uh, worship and protected uh, the demon Ashlash after that demon failed to take over the world and the heavens or whatever. I don't quite remember the, the details about that. But basically, Neela never feels anything other than joy. She's literally incapable of feeling anything other than joy, which is kind of a it's a blessing and a curse um but then uh that 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 little poem verse thing is saying like yes you'll be remembered you'll be you'll go down in history but you will be consumed in the process with it and that's like the sacrifice that she's made um it's just like and then she ties in with uh other demons and the other demons in the world that we know of are there's 10 of them we now know of four there's fiddlesticks is a demon there's tom kench is a demon and evelyn is a demon um yone's story apparently interacts with demons somewhat but not he's not a demon himself nor is he possessed by one to my knowledge but uh so we know of like four of the 10 but the other six haven't been introduced at all like i would say it's like you're you're diving a little bit down the rabbit hole here i'll be honest but it's it's really cool so i would Highly recommend if you want to go through a cool story, just go like go watch Neckert's videos on Neela. It's some of the best lore that's come out, and it it kind of fixes some of the issues with the Ruination because that those stories were fucking garbage to put it lightly, like they were bad. But it's it it's really good. Um, I'd recommend it at least. Just put the YouTube video on while you're driving to work, Sean, because I know you have YouTube Premium. So go ahead and listen to that while you're driving in. It's really cool. Yeah, but that's that's that. It also, I guess, you guys haven't paid that much attention to it, so there's not that much more discussion about it. But yeah, um, shit, I don't know. Like, uh, what else? Um, is there anything else that we didn't really talk about, Neela, that that I forgot to note down that we should have? I feel like I don't we think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, um, her skins look pretty cool. I will say, like, and her champion model is pretty cool. And especially for like being a bot laner, that's actually a, a melee character. Her her like uh, hit radius or champion model size is also quite small, which is pretty nice. She's basically the same size as Yasuo, as opposed to being some behemoth like uh, the highest hitbox in the game. Question then: Who do you guys think has the largest hitbox in the game? Mm, I heard the answer a while ago, but I'm trying to remember what it was. Is it Cho'Gath after, like, 15 ults? Okay, talking. well, okay, we're talking at, lev at level okay. 1. Level oh. 1. Level 1, no items that augment your size. Roll a sign. Okay. Guess. Maybe... 
It is not Orn? Scion. It is not Orn. It is Galio. Really? Galio. What about Tom Kent? That's my that's my understanding about it. Yeah. I think I think his wings like he just has a very large one. I think Tom Kench and Scion are pretty close okay. up there, but um, yeah. The do you want uh, up until recently? Do you want to guess who I believe was like tied for second until they changed Ooh, the character? It, yeah. Okay, Sean. Do you know then? Okay, John. What is Nico? it? It is Nico. For some yeah. goddamn reason. <laughs> Nico, that Vestayan lady, uh, had um, had the second largest, or like tied for second, like really large hitbox relative to what her actual champion size is, because they needed to code it that way so she could possess other champions. But now I think it's actually dependent on who you're possessing, or like imitating. It was such a big issue. Like that was that was so annoying playing as Nico and like someone throwing like an Ezreal Q right by you and then it just hits you. Like what the fuck? I was not there. <laughs> I'm this I'm this little chameleon. I'm over to the side and then it hits me over here. It's like this God doesn't damn even it. Make but, any sense. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Nope. Speaking of Nico, I really wish they would give her some jungle buffs. Like give her some extra additional monster damage on her Q. That'd be so cool. But yeah. All right, well, um, I think we've hit everything with Neela, as we said, so uh, this will be a bit of a shorter episode, but um, yeah. Oh, uh, I didn't even see this message, Sean, um, that you posted in our Discord thing. So uh, we got a question from Don Run saying, do we feel like Enchanter supports are better with synergy to Neela or just champions that abuse early level leads? So, uh, John, you've played her the most, so I'll defer to you. What do you think? Uh, I would say it's like, it's situational. Like, when I, I played one with Soraka, and that felt kind of rough, because Soraka's real weak early, and especially like with Nyla, who's melee, has really short range, it's, that's a really rough lane if they have, uh, if they have someone who's good early, and, and they have a, you know, aggressive support, like a engaged support, or something, that can be a really rough lane, or if they have like a ton of range, um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you could just play it safe too with that, like with Soraka, kind of like Yumi, like we were talking about, like if you can just survive and just get the XP and as much gold as you can, like it, it can be good, but it, it can definitely be rough as well. I just say like in my head, like enchanters generally scale pretty well and like, but they're like weaker early. So, like, if you're going to have a champion like Nyla that's obviously, like, super weak early, I'm not going to want to really pair them together. I'd much rather have, like, a Nautilus or a Leon or an engaged support that can just get me through the laning phase to where I can scale. Yeah. I like, uh, I think Nautilus that's would be good, too. Nautilus would be good. That's why I think Rakan would be really good, because he has the, the best aspects of, or not the best, but he does both of what your guys are talking engage about. Engage and disengage. Yeah. Yep. Also, for the people who are watching on Twitch, I brought uh, our, the, the dog that I live with, because it's my girlfriend's dog, technically, but JoJo is now on screen and very nervous about being <laughs> here. Okay, JoJo, you can go down. I know you have, like, anxiety issues. Go ahead. You're good. Go. Uh, I'll put you down. Jesus. Oh, God. There you go. Go down. Ah! Christ. Oh. 
Yeah, but there's the answer to your question there, Donron. Like it's it's situational based on the champion. I don't think it's like a role, or we don't think it's a role versus enchanters versus um, champs that abuse early level leads. So, yeah, but um, cool. Any other questions from Twitch, Sean? Or no? Okay, cool. All right, well, this has been episode 774 of the Trinity Force podcast. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Remember, we have, um, if you want or if you want to send any questions or suggestions or anything to us, feel free to email us at questions at trinityforcepodcast.com. Um, you can also submit some feedback in the feedback thread of the Discord if you want to find that Discord and you're not in it currently. Um, you can find that on our website, which is trinityforcepodcast.com. And then uh, please go in and submit your answers if you feel so inclined to in our Discord at the question of the week to the question of the week, which we posed last week, which was, I guess, this question of the every two weeks, every fortnight. I would say bi-weekly, but bi-weekly is problematic because bi-weekly means both twice a month and every two months. It's just, it's a, English does not have a differentiation between that, uh, as well as bi-monthly could mean half every, every two weeks or every two months. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't work, but, um, yep. So go submit that. Our question is, what is your favorite ARAM champ? We also have community game nights, which happen on Tuesdays at 7, 15 Eastern, uh, Eastern time. So hop in for those are usually, a, a bit of a fun, um, fun gambit. I don't know why I called it a gambit. I don't. I don't know. I'm just vamping a little bit at this point. But um, thanks for listening, and we will see you all next time. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to our product and being a member of the Trinity Force Network community. If you have a moment, please head over to iTunes and give your favorite show a comment and a rating. If you're so inclined, you can check out all of the other great shows in the network. We've got a wide variety of content from League of Legends to general gaming and role-playing podcasts. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found at Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit under T-Force Network. We've also got a Patreon under that name where you can support your favorite shows with a small donation each month. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you continue to enjoy all of our podcasts, videos, and the community that we've provided.